This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. This is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. Welcome to an episode of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say in Multi-Platforms. Of course, we're going to come at you first here, live on social media. And the video will air on box26houston.com. The audio will be edited for 90.1 FM KPFT. And of course, because we're high-tech Aztecs, we're going to make a podcast out of that. And then you can share it again. Today, we're going to talk about the history of our victory. So the annual Mexican-American Studies Summit, which has been in San Antonio all these years, is coming to Houston, Texas. And before I introduce our guests, I have to let you know why I am out in the field. Because I want to let you know that Houston has auditioned for the honor of hosting the Mexican-American Studies K-12 annual summit. And one of the reasons that we wanted in Houston is because we're the fourth largest city. We have a ton of Latinos. And right now I'm actually in the lobby at the Hobby Center. And inside of the Hobby Center, we have about a thousand people who are involved in the arts. And we have all the mayoral candidates who will be talking about their stances on the arts and culture and how they can support it. We are part of that. Mixed American Studies is a fundamental part of all that because we touch on literature, music, painting, etc., and more importantly, education. So Houston needs all of that. And we're going to have a focus on mixed American literature, but we're not going to leave behind any of the other components that we've had. So it uh, gives me great pleasure to say hello to all of you from here, from downtown Houston. And I hope that you will all sign up. We're going to show you how to get to the link. It's the Mexican American Studies Summit, Saturday, June 24th at Lone Star College, Houston North. It's going to be the Fallbrook campus. Don't worry about the directions. Once you register, we're going to send all of that to you. It'll be very easy to get there. And you will get all the information. We got a great list of all the writers we're going to have, free books, free lesson plans. We're going to talk about all that. Now, joining me right now, are uh, three folks that are experts in the field. They're dear friends who are also the leading Mero Meros Mero Meras, Mera Meras in this field. Uh, I'll go through and then uh, I'm going to say their names and let them say a little about themselves. I'll say their names quickly. We got Dr. Valerie Martinez, Dr. Christopher Carmona, and Araceli Manriquez. I'm going to start with Araceli. Why? Araceli, I've known her since she was a college student and she would join us at the Capitol demanding Mexican studies. I'm happy and proud to be the literary director for the, the Latino bookstore in San Antonio, and it's incredible that now she's not just teaching it, she's writing our lesson plan. So, Araceli, do me a favor, tell folks a little about yourself, too. Gracias, Tony, uh, for the intro. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been a maestra here in San Antonio for well, about 10 years now with the San Antonio ISD district teaching elementary and middle school Mexican-American studies, where we have some great courses uh, in our district on mass. 
I write curriculum. I um, worked on our summer program. Uh, I went through the UTSA math program, which is uh, wonderful, and got my master's there as well. Yeah, and I'm working with with these authors. Thank you uh, for those opportunities, Tony. And um, I'm excited for all the things that we have planned for this summer. Fantastic. And of course, I should mention that Diana Lopez is one of the writers who will be visiting us at the summit. And you actually wrote the lesson plans for her new book. So we're going to give away the lesson plans. I should give a shout out to the Latino Bookstore at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center in San Antonio through a grant from the office of Congressman Castro. We've been able to get the lesson plans or curriculum guides and then also uh, give copies of the books to students. But Diana and Araceli will be at our summit. What does that mean? That means when you come to the summit, which this year is a focus on Mexican American studies, you will walk away with lesson plans that you can use Monday in class. Your track is middle school. We've got grammar school and high school as well. And of course, a ton of college professors as well. And you get to meet the author. And we're also gonna have book sales and some book raffles as well. So fantastic. Valerie Martinez is the current chair, Knox the House Focal K-12 Curriculum. It's a long name, <laughs> Dr. Martinez. <laughs> Why don't you tell folks about yourself and your vision for this year is because I love that you really wanted to take it back to the community. Can you tell folks a little about your desire for that? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Tony. So hello, everybody. Valerie Martinez here. I'm an associate professor of history at Our Lady of the Lake University. And I am also the first and second year experience coordinator at Olu. Um, so where, you know, everybody wears a couple of hats when we're at smaller institutions. But um, like Tony said, I am the new chair for the pre-K through 12 um, committee out of, you know, the larger Knox the House Focal Group. And for several years now, this is the eighth annual summit we have hosted these Mexican American studies. So several of you are familiar with it. You know that at previous summits you've attended, a lot of the summits that you've attended, we very much have, have focused on delivering this type of amazing professional development. So you gained curriculum for your social studies courses, your fine arts courses, the literature, um, all sorts of different areas. We were really heavily focused, which is great. So this year though, because folks, we are under attack. I mean, that's not to say it lightly, but, but you know, not to dramatize, but we are literally under attack, right? We saw SB 17 pass through, through these back-end negotiations. I don't know what they were negotiating back there, but we see these anti-DE laws being passed through the Senate that'll be implemented this fall here in September. We saw even these watered down the SB 18 uh, that is limiting and restricting academic freedom for public, uh, public institution um, educators or educators at public institutions of higher ed. Um, so we've seen that we are definitely under attack. And then we all know last year, SB3 attacked our K-12 teachers. So this whole state, educators who are completely devoted to ethnic studies curriculum, who are completely devoted to having students see themselves reflected in the curriculum, we're under attack. So with that in mind, again, in this highly politicized, strat uh, stratified 
context that we're living in, this is why we chose to go back to the very roots of the very first mass summit, whereby educators came together and said, how do we get mass in the curriculum? This is going back to our grassroots organizing level. So that is what we're hoping to do right now. Take it back, right? Let's just sit there, let's strategize folks, and let's pull together, let's figure out how to uh, not only continue to get mass, but how to protect, how to maintain, and how to sustain. love it. And we're going to talk more about that in depth, but I think the takeaway is that if you've come to the summit before, you're going to get what you expected before, but we're going to remind folks about the grassroots activities they can engage in. So every single workshop will have some specific steps suggested and you can suggest them as well. Additionally, not only are we focusing on the bigger issues, I just want to stress that if you want to implement Mexican literature, which is under the banner of Mexican studies, show up Saturday, June 24th, Monday, you'll have materials. I'll talk more a little bit about that. So stay tuned for that because I want to also go to uh, Dr. Christopher Carmona. He is actually the former chair of our organization. And I want you to tell us a little about yourself, but I do want to mention that you are uh, going to be visiting the Latino bookstore, so your books will be in stock there. Additionally, you were chair during what seemed like a different era for Mexican-American studies and things have changed, Christopher. Um, right. You want to talk a little about that, how it's a different ballgame now? Sure. I mean, uh, when we first started this, Tony, about when now we're going on 11 years of doing this work at the state board, at the legislature, um, we had more, I mean, we, we didn't have as much opposition as we do now. I mean, the opposition has really become come in response to the victories that we've had over the years, which is, um, you know, the, uh, the, the actual forming of the course of the creation of a TEKS-based Mexican-American studies course at the high school level, the, 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 form of the creation of an African-American studies course as well, which came on the heels of ours which, um, you know, was a five-year-long fight that we had to go through to get that, that first class um, approved. And we've been through, you know, textbook fights where we've had to fight against uh, racist textbooks that they were trying to approve. And, you know, we've gotten to the point now where we've had the Mexican-American Studies course in the book since 2019. And so these, these kind of victories that we've had has led to this backlash. You know, I mean, you know, I don't think it's like stretching to say that, but our victories were, I think, a direct result of, uh, you know, of, of what's going on now with the anti-CRT stuff, the anti-DEI stuff, all that stuff that they're pushing in the legislature is because we pushed for it. We pushed for more of these courses to have more representation. And now it's a backlash. It's a backlash in, you know, in Texas. But um, the, the fact of the matter is, no matter what the legislation they're trying to push this time, our classes remain on the books. Um, and they're going to be on the books and they're going to be in, and, you know, they still can be taught and will be taught. Um, and there, so, you know, that is something that they did not and could not touch this time around. So these classes, even though we're like kind of living 
in this climate of fear are still on the books there. And, um, you know, we are set to revisit the, the teaks in two years now. But that means that they're on the books and they're going to stay there. And um, so I just wanted to make a, like, this is where it's changed, right? But we still have our victories in play. When we first started, we started with, well, like two, um, two, maybe three courses. And now we're up to somewhere about 40 courses being offered throughout the state. And so these are some of those, all that, as Valerie was talking about, are, are grassroots efforts. And then through the summits and these different, um, or these different things that we've put together, like the Moss Teaching Academy, which is coming up soon, and others around the state, it's all grassroots. I mean, we don't get paid for any of this, right? <laughs> Going to the state board, but we do it and we push and we continue to push, which is what this summit is about. This will also be our first summit back in person because we've been online for the past three years. And so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the work that I've done um, and the kind of work that we've been doing. Thank you for reminding us of all that. And that goes back to the name of this particular summit. It's the history of our victory. And I want to stress that everything you've mentioned does not make news. Why? Because it's positive and it's about community. So that's not going to make corporate media news. Also want to mention and point out like you said the classes are on the book so the community has a lot of power that they need to be reminded about so i want to give a few specific outcomes when you come on saturday january 24th it's at lone star college houston north the fallbrook campus for folks who register via the the evite which we're going to put on the screen we'll put on social media You'll get all the information about registering, how to attend, the directions, etc. I should point out that a continental breakfast and a free lunch will be provided, but you do have to register to, to get that. But you're going to wind up with free lesson plans provided by the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. And uh, Araceli, uh, who's with us, she wrote the middle school lesson plans for the book by Diana Lopez, Los Monstros, Felice and the Wailing Woman. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit about that. Um, and we'll talk about the emphasis on Mexican literature. That is a part of Mexican studies. I wouldn't say it's been overlooked. I would say that we've been focusing on Mexican history, probably because Arizona banned that directly back in the day. So we've kind of focused on that. But there's a lot of room now to include Mexican literature. And it could be a one-day plan, a week plan, a month, a whole semester. Um, we're also going to have Ron Castro. He is a teacher here in Houston. He actually wrote the lesson plans for my book, The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. That's for high school, and that's going to be for, um, for free as well, all the lesson plans. And then um, Andrea Aguirre wrote the lesson plans for grammar school. And uh, Carmen Tafoya, The Last Butterfly, that's one of the books that's on that plan as well. So I kind of want to mention that so that there's things that you can do as an educator to get your students fired up. And we want to give you those tools. You'll get them. You're going to meet some of the writers there. I'll be there. Ron Castro will be there. And Adeseli will be there. Uh, Adeseli, I'd like you to share 
the moments when I got a chance to be there in the room when your students got to meet Diana and your classroom's awesome. Your classroom is like a college classroom of Mexican American lit to begin with. And then the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center Latino Bookstore has a culture coupon. So some of your students then get the culture coupon, you sign it, you put their name on there. And they came that night and got free books. And it was so touching that they could not believe the books were free. And that was a magical moment. Was it that magical all day long? Is it that big a deal? Am I just a softy? Uh, fill us in, Araceli. For sure. Uh, no, it was a good experience. Um, the whole thing, I love, first of all, I love the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. It's such a great resource we have here in San Antonio. Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, it was great to work alongside the Guadalupe Bookstore. And just being there, honestly, like uh, the first time I was there, oh gosh, like just to be in a bookstore with books that relate to all the experiences we've had here in San Antonio and my students have had, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and, and they love it. Uh, so uh, I was able to, to read the book with the kids. And, uh, you know, before they got their copy of the book, I had, you know, the pre-copy and, and they already loved it. It's a great book, uh, The Feliz and the Wailing Woman, beautiful perspective on uh, La Llorona. And so they already loved the book. And then, uh, like you said, Tony, you and, and uh, Diana got to visit the classroom. And that was a great experience. Kids were very excited about it. They loved having a like fresh, new copy, hardcover and signed by Diana. So they loved that. Uh, they got to keep the book. Um, and so, yeah, the, the curriculum is, is um, available for, for those that, you know, want to go to the summit. Uh, I made it in dual language uh, for those that um, teach both English and Spanish. Also, I mean, I made it TICS aligned and also so that you don't have to teach a Mexican-American studies course per se to teach Mexican-American studies. You know, I know uh, educators pre-K through uh, 12 that teach it at any capacity. You can teach mm -hmm. it in a reading class, in a science class, in a you know, in a PE class, even if you really get creative. So there's different ways to incorporate that in, in whatever you teach. And I appreciate you mentioning that it's up to us to use our imagination. The art's created, we know the rules, we've been providing the rules and structure, it's up to us to be creative about it. And parents can be involved, we welcome parents to come. Why? You're gonna meet some great folks, some great role models, and get some books. We're gonna raffle off some books, you can buy some books, but you can then go back to your school and say, hey, I'd like to help you implement this. Um, but I don't wanna get away from our basics, so, uh, Valerie, can you talk about the structure? Because a lot of this too is part of the structure we've developed over the years. So some of it's a little bit new. Yes, it's in Houston for the first time. But if folks have been to other summits, they'll be familiar with the structure. 
I love that you mentioned, you know, welcome all the parents because that's exactly what we want to do. So um, we actually have a really good session and, and here coming, moving into the structure, we have one specifically for community and parent engagement. Now, um, normally how the how our summits open, we have our opening introductions, right? So that's from about nine to approximately 9.15ish. And then afterward, we're going to open with this plenary that all, all participants will view. Now, in previous years, especially during the times of COVID, um, we we held some, we hosted some pretty awesome names. We had Representative Castro, Representative Morales. We had a couple of our State Board of Education members, right? Uh, Marisa Perez Diaz. We had Ruben Cortez. We had a lot of amazing, amazing people on these plenaries, right? Now this year, it's a teeny tiny different. We still have the support, and we still support a Representative Christina Morales and her bill, which unfortunately was not passed. And we know that that was a super political <laughs> move, but we are behind you, Representative Morales, push it, do it again, right? State Board of Education member Marisa Perez Diaz is also very, very supportive, huge advocate, as is Representative um, or board member Aisha Davis. While they're not going to be present, they still want to give us words of encouragement and, and vice versa, right? But what we have, folks, for this opening plenary, it's going to be amazing. So as Tony was saying that we invite parents, we invited a lead kind of parent organizer. Her name is Courtney Revels. Some folks might know her from the big fight that she was leading against the TEA. Um, there in, in Houston. She's going to be joining us. We also have uh, school board trustee Andrew Gonzalez uh, coming in from Austin. Um, so, and then we have some other educators like Juan Carmona coming in from the Valley. So we have folks from across the state, folks who are completely committed at organizing at all different levels. We need folks we need our politicians, right? We need people like Representative Morales and others. We need people on the state board, but we also need our community. It's a multi-pronged approach, folks, right? So this is what the, uh, the opening plenary is going to focus on for about an hour. And then after that, we're going to break out to go to our first concurrent session. Now, a lot of the concurrent sessions, as you'll see in the Eventbrite link that uh, Roxana is posting there for people, you see that they're going to be talking about a lot of the things that... Uh, Tony was just discussing. So we see one on literature. That's actually going to be our lunch plenary, which I'm super excited about. Our, the literature is going to be the lunch plenary. But some of the other concurrent sessions include something on uh, social studies, right? We have elementary, middle school, politics and media, again, community and parent engagement and more. So we have a lot of really, really great sessions that anybody can kind of go to. Now, if you're like, oh man, I really want to go to the higher education committee uh, at the morning, but then you're like, oh, but I really want to see politics and media. Well, we made space for that. So after folks are, are released from the concurrent session one, we go to this major, to the lunch plenary, right? Hosted by Tony's group, where we're going to see a lot of great um, curriculum, yeah, right. So it's all right there. And then we're going to move into concurrent session two. Now you have the, you, if you want to stay in the same session that you were in before, go for it. You want to move to another way, go for it. We gave room for flexibility here because we know folks are really, really energized and ready to get moving. And then we'll have our closing plenary. Now, again, um, our, our SBO members are not going to be present this time, but that is okay because we are assisting and leading this fight because I mean, we've, it's a different fight. But we are here, we are here to stay, right? And we need all of your help. So please join us. Please join us for this, this session. It's going to be great.
Thank you so much for all the time and effort you put into coming up with that structure. It's something that folks are familiar with, but I do want to stress that we're always trying to make sure that it lives up to current events. And you did want it to be a call for people to be involved in the community so that every speaker at the end will say, here are two things you can do to get involved in the community now. And at the end, it will be also a chance for people to share some of those findings as well. So, so thank you for all that. And then as we get back to Chris to talk about some of the aspects he'd like to highlight, I do want to remind you, there's going to be many authors there. Uh, Juan Tejeda, who's been a big ally from the beginning. He's got Aslan Libre Press that will be there. Um, I want to mention that uh, Dr. Elizabeth, uh, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Santos Farfan will be there with her book, Undocumented Motherhood, uh, Conversations in Love, Trauma, and Border Crossings. And of course, Dr. Christopher Carmona is a professor and activist, but a writer as well. One of his books, El Rinche, The Ghost Ranger of the Rio Grande, that's one of his books. He's got many others. He'll be there. He can talk about those, sign copies as well. Christopher, if you can point out some other nuances of the workshop, but also we've been talking about getting Mexican-American literature more, uh, more attention. Uh, this is one of those times. Um, can you also talk about why you think that's key and part of the Mexican-American studies movement? So definitely. When we talk about um, how most of our, our community has gotten our history, our stories, our representation, it's been through the arts. And that has been one of our biggest contributions out of the Chicano movement of the 1960s is our, I mean, we had two major, um, two major um, things really come out of there, two major events. And one of them is the arts, the proliferation of uh, Chicano arts, Chicano literature. And the second is education, our pushing for um, education at the higher ed level, at the college level, as well as the, as in public schools. And we do that in combination, but most people, as we know, get their, their, their information from the arts, movies, uh, TV, and things of this nature. But for a long time, the way that, uh, that uh, we have art with us is through literature. The novels that they've read, <clears throat> the different poets. Um, I am walking is an entire history mm -hmm. of the Chicano movement from... 500 years ago till, till the 1960s when that, that poem came out, he puts the entire history into a poem. And then, of course, you know, like the, what we have out there is, um, you know, is not also one thing that, that really um, made the, the Chicano literature movement is um, extremely powerful is that they did not stop to, get, to be published by the major presses. Mm -hmm. They published, so they created small presses and they published on their own, and they pushed their work on their own, which um, is you know is something different than what most people had been exposed to, because that entire movement of the 1960s, the creation of chapbooks and all these different types of cheap and free artwork and writings, was a direct result of the movement that was happening in the Chicano movement, and the way that they were they were getting their information out was through these little chapbooks, also through the plays, um, Teatro Capensino. It was bringing it back to the people educating the people in the communities and having the communities engage with themselves. I mean, and their own stories and start to see that this is, that, I mean, that's where we have a lot of stuff. Tomas Rivera is, you know, um, there to not devour you is a direct result of this. I mean, he started off being published in small little magazines and working his way up through that until Arte Publico was, was one of the, 
the first major um, small Chicano or Latino small presses that really worked to to bring this work out there, which is still thriving at University of Houston. Mm -hmm. Those those movements all came from the community. They were not coming from New York. These are not New York houses that were publishing them for a long time. We didn't, we, they wouldn't, we were not able to be published. They wouldn't even give us a, and even now it's even, but we have a proliferation, right, of people doing it on their own and creating their own, like, uh, it's unlimited press, you know, Juan Tejeda um, started that press with 20, 20 years ago and he's still pushing and all these authors that uh, award winning and others, right? It's so we've always made our own space with our own community. And that is the key thing. Like think about how we have pushed this through our literature, right? Our literature, not just written by our own peoples, but published by our own peoples is an important thing. And so therefore we can, we can have control of our message and our, our, our representation as, as we know right now, Latino representation in the media is usually negative or you know, if it's positive, it's very, very little. But mostly what we have is negative or non-existent. Right? <laughs> that is the way we're viewed. And so that's the, that's the power of literature, right? The power of telling our own stories. That's awesome. And, you know, for folks tuning in, this is why we have the radio show. And what I love, too, is that, yes, we are high-tech Aztecs. We have multi-platforms. You know what I love? I love that right now people on Highway 59 driving in the fourth largest city in America will hear that message because this is the sort of stuff that we hear in the classrooms. We want to make sure everybody in the community hears this. That's what the summit's about. It's going to happen. If you know that your community can thrive from this, you need to join us. It's Saturday, June 24th at Lone Star College, Houston North at the Fallbrook campus. And it is free. Uh, if you get on the invite, you can find out more information about that. I do want to do one last round for 30 seconds. You know what? There's someone tuning in and they're saying, you know what? I think the two contras are going to be one it's Saturday. I want to rest, you know, and the other contra is the other extreme where they're like, it's a bunch of professors. I won't fit in. It's too highfalutin for 30 seconds. We'll go to each person and then close out. Uh, Araceli, convince that person that this is for them, por favorcito. Well, as a public school teacher, <laughs> there are many things uh, that I've gone to on Saturdays that I've had to go to. And it's like, oh, I just spent my Saturday doing that. I have never felt that way about the summit or really anything, of course, mass related. It's always completely worthwhile, whether it's, um, you know, learning about new techniques you can use in your you know, in your field of study or meeting people or gaining resources or whatever it is, it's always totally worthwhile and it's free and you get professional development hours too. Uh, so that's always nice. So I think it's totally worth it. And I've never felt uh, uncomfortable in that setting either. I mean, it's, it's people that go there for a common goal, whether you're a teacher, a professor, a student, uh, someone that just wants to know about Mexican American studies, a pol you know, politics, whatever your, your background is. And we all come together for a common goal. I appreciate that. 
Dr. Martinez, you've got a PhD after your name. Tell folks you to make them feel at home. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all. Gente, raza, anybody who is just both tired and overjoyed at all the successes and challenges we're facing all simultaneously. If you're ready to organize, if you're hungry for some action, let's go. I promise we're 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 just as chill. <laughs> like we're you're gonna feel so comfortable, so at home with like-minded folks who are here for our kids, for your kids, for my kids, for their kids, for everybody's kids. Okay, it is for that next generation, and it's nobody's gonna do this work for us, right? It's us. We all plus you. We are all in this together. Okay, I know I've, I the PhD, yes, but but. <laughs> It's, it's for all of us, okay? It's for all of us. If you're hungry, you're ready, let's go. We're ready too. Let's go organize and we'll all strategize together collectively. It'll be great. I see. I love it. All right, Dr. Carmona, close us out. Get some few stragglers in there. They're thinking about it. They're about to, they're about to decide. Close the deal. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, uh, what we're talking about here is not university issues. What we're talking about here is educating our people by our people. And so it's community-centered. It always has been. And even though we have PhDs after our names, it doesn't mean that we, I mean, my first teachers were my grandparents, my parents. And hearing the stories I heard from them that were never in the history books, that's the kind of thing that we want the, our people to bring with them. Is like, your stories matter. Your stories matter, not, I mean, to... Not just your the, the people around you, but to everyone, because when you talk, when you tell your story, they they then they then their stories, being people that are listening stories, understand that their stories are also important, and that's the whole point. That's the whole point of what we do, is so that people can start telling their stories, because you know we're not in the history books unless we put ourselves there, right? <laughs> unless we put ourselves in history and question our teachers and say like we're you know and to, to really say like this is what my grandparents said they went through and to believe in those stories that they are the, and instead of they're just talking about things that happened in the past no these are our histories and our histories make us who we are and if we're not even represented we have to teach we have to tell them that our stories matter and are those stories can also you know open up these kids to reconnect with their older generations so the older generations have a, you know, have a huge treasure trove of information that they can't get anywhere else. But this is what we do. It's not about talking about different curriculum styles and all these different things. It's about how we start to talk about our own stories. And that's the key. Community. I want to thank you all for what you do. And speaking of community, I want to thank the Nuestra Palabra team. Roxana Guzman is our multi-platform producer. Rodrigo Bravo Jr., is our audio engineer. Leanna Lopez is our coordinator. I want to thank all the Libre Traficantes. My name is Tony Diaz, Libre Traficante. You're tuning in to KPFT 90.1 FM. And if you do have a chance, we hope that you will make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, the KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston's community station. Why? Because you're not going to hear this content on commercial stations because we get to call the shots. And we hope that we get to hang out with you at the summit Saturday, June 24th at Lone Star College, Houston North. So we'll see you there and thank you all of you. Gracias.